Amen. Well, it's been a privilege uh, for me uh, to be back with you again tonight. I, I appreciate it, uh, the opportunity of coming. And I enjoy the fellowship. Uh, my granddaughter, the Littleston Kennedy, said, Paul, your mama named you wrong. I said, she did? Yes, she ought to have called you aggravation. <laughs> but we know that God is good and uh, pray for your pastor. Pray for the church. Amen. Church is going up. Amen. Amen. I like that, that we're going up. Uh, and, there's, and the gates of hell can't keep it from going up. What is the church? You're the church, a group of baptized believers. Washed in the blood of Jesus. Name recorded in the book of life. Sealed unto the day of redemption by the blood. And let me say again, it's a privilege. I'm glad that I was called on to come. I, most of you I know. I, if I don't, I hope we get to to know one another, because we're going to spend heaven together yes. to eternity. Uh, I thought about today, and uh, I, I'm going to read you some familiar scripture just in a moment. And I uh, got to thinking about uh, what does the Lord call His people? Now there's a lot of things in the New Testament that says about God's children. But I want to give you seven things tonight what God calls you. And what you are uh, to God as heirs to the kingdom of heaven. Now these things in the Bible that also says what that God calls you when you're a sinner. He calls a sinner ungodly. He calls a sinner a hypocrite. He calls a sinner vipers of men. He calls a sinner dogs. He calls a sinner raven wolves on the inside. So let's go to Matthew chapter 5 again, another familiar scripture as we stand. Verse is 12, <coughs> there through 17 this morning and this evening. When you have your scripture, say amen, we'll start. Amen. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted that they prophets which were before you. Ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost its savor, wherewithin shall it be salted? It is henceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and be trodden under the foot of man. Verse 14, Ye are the light in the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. 
Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine. Every time I read this, I think about when I was a child, that old song, uh, Negro Spiritual, they used to sing, I'm going to let my little light shine. And won't let nobody blow it out. I'm going to let it shine all over Savannah. The, the men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven, think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am come to destroy but to fulfill. Thank you, God, for your word. God, again, hide us behind the cross. Take the hyssop and put the coals from the altar upon our lips. Hide us, God, that we may speak about Jesus. And God, that it would glorify you through your Son. God, we ask the blessings upon the pastor, this church, this congregation, this community. God, most of all, we thank you for loving us. We thank you for that thing that you call grace that gives us mercy. And God, again, thank you for this opportunity. I'm unworthy, God, to stand to represent you. God, on your authority, clean us up and let us speak the words that bless us. Be with those lost loved ones, the prior chain, touch those, your will be done. God, those that are in need, those that are in the darkest hour, bless this service. God, we give you glory and honor and praise. And all that God's children said, Amen. I read to you a familiar scripture when Jesus was talking that, uh, to his disciples right after upon the mount that he began to speak the, the nine uh, uh, beatitudes that he uh, gives us uh, to bless us and that helps us in everyday life. So he begins to think about oh, what the things that were done. You know, Paul said that you are ambassadors. You represent uh, the heavenly city uh, here on this earth that God has sent you. That's what an ambassador is. From one country sent to another to report back for the other uh, country of what is going on in their will and their uh, walk of life. We begin to think about all the things that God has given us that we have to know. Now, it's a very simple thing, but we as Baptists sometimes, we uh, have to have an IQ of Einstein to realize how to be born into the kingdom of God, how that God works His way and His will in your life. Let me tell you right off the bat, uh, if Jesus uh, does not represent God, then it's wrong. If the Holy Spirit don't represent Jesus, the Scripture says try the Spirit, for you have the wrong one. See, the Spirit Jesus left and went away. It's the lead to guide and direct us uh, to, on our lives and on our way to get to heaven. Jesus came to fulfill the law. 
they came on the prophecy and the things that God had promised mankind after the garden that they had to where that they had been. God gave that opportunity to know how to come for us to be saved. It's a very simple thing. If we believe with all our heart that Jesus is the Son of God, He's virgin born, He has come to be God's only begotten Son, we believe with all of our heart that He'll come into our soul. Then we don't have to sign no paper. We don't make installment plans. We don't do all these things. It's very simple. Salvation, Jesus, when He died on the cross and said it's finished, He made salvation a very simple plan that each and every one can define it. Daniel Webster couldn't expi- uh, explain in the dictionary with all of his IQ and number about how amazing the grace is. That God give us that grace under those things. That we know that we rejoice. We've got a reward coming. The Bible said, if the reward is made of gold, silver, hay, uh, stubble, wood, of any other kind of material, that it would be put in a fire, it would be tested, and it would burn. The only thing that will last is what that you do for Christ. What you do for your fellow man. That's how that we serve God. It's not a, a sense for the gospel, this Bible, the gospel comes from good news. I know the world's dark and gloomy today, but there's good news. If your name's in the book of life, what's in the blood? You've got hope. You, uh, Paul said without it, you become miserable among men. So I want to give you what that God thinks, uh, the description of Lord people, of God's people, Jesus' people, and the Holy Spirit. So they all work together. They're inseparable under those things. First of all, he said, ye are the salt of the earth. Back in my younger days before uh, the body began to uh, misfunction because that I didn't take care of myself. I could sit down uh, with a bushel of vine ripe tomatoes and a big box of salt. I didn't need to slice them. All I'd done was take a bite, salt them, take another bite, take a bite. And everything that I eat, watermelon, it was good with salt. Cantaloupe. Just anything that you had, it had a good flavor to it, and I liked it till I got too much of it. But those things that we have, uh, and when I cook at the house, Louisville gets on my case. I don't salt anything, but I lay the pepper to it. But I don't salt anything because it's not really good for it. And Jesus is saying here to God's people in the description, He said that you are the seasoning, you are the salt of the world. But, you know, if we claim to be God's children, and we don't live like God's children, 
He said, then you have lost the flavor. The savor in the salt is gone. And what good is it? Hey, you ever go to restaurants, you ever look there, lick up a salt uh, shaker, and if you see inside, look about it, you know, what do you see? You see little grains of rice in there. And that's to keep the slaver in it, to keep it moist, you know. But we realize and understand that God said if it's no good, that it needs to be cast out and trodden under the feet of men. Just remember, church, regardless how things is going in your church life and how the church is, the where they are, that you regardless are the soul of God's people. You're the soul of God's church. You're the one that's got the flavor. We ought to be walking close to God that people see the salt in and say, hey, I want some of that. Give me what you've got. What an opportunity. Then the scripture said also in verse 14, said you are the light of the world. Uh, it's hard to see. He said if you put it up on uh, a candelabra or a candlestick, that's to see. Now, if you go book the Revelation, when God starts out before he begins to talk about the church age and the seven churches of Asia and Asia Minor, uh, God said, and he begins to explain what the light is on the candlestick. The church is the light on the candlestick. Without a light, the church are to have the light to where whew, that the lost people want to come in up there and to find God as their Savior. And God's people find comfort in the altar asking God and blesses and things in our life. You are the life. But a lot of us sometimes has got it hid. Got it hid under a bushel. The awfulest feeling that I ever had, you know. Uh, I don't want you to go out and tell this. And maybe I shouldn't tell it, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Back when I was a young and I was a scaredy cat, I was afraid of the dark. We lived on the cove, and there's more youngins there in the cove than there was New York City, youngins and dogs. A lot of mean people. We had street life. When I'd go down to visit my aunt Ethel Woodard, my mother's sister, uh, I'd get me a pocket full of rock. In case a dog or somebody come, I could rock. But when I get ready, that's right. For five years at uh, Civil Webster, I held the record for the 440 yard dash because it was broke. I'd get to this light, I'd get myself ready, my hands uh, were full of rocks, and I see that street light down there. I never stopped till I got there. I stopped under that light, I'd huff and puff, you know, puff and huff. And then till I got where I go, then I'd go to the next. Light shown the direction. And the what bothers me, church, is being totally separated from God. The Bible gives you several things. One of them is total darkness. If you have ever been in a strange place, don't know where you're at, and you can't see your hand in front of you, It'll make you stop the thing. A total darkness. That's what part of hell is going to be. A place of total darkness. There 
is no lie. So let your light shine today. Then we find in John 8, 31, that Jesus uh, calls uh, his disciples, he said, my disciples. What a great description. What makes us, we feel like a rooster of the barnyard strutting around in the yard knowing that we are God's disciples. We're his sons and daughters. We're heirs to the kingdom of God. We are his children. We've got uh, something to look forward to. Our father owns both hills of the river in between and all the cattle's on the hill. Tell the sun when to shine, when the moon come out, when the rain. What an opportunity that we are serving a God. And he said that we're his disciples. And disciples, if you go back and look at the Greek word in disciples, it means discipline. That means when God says you just don't do everything you want to, God separates you. There's supposed to be no sin in your life, and you're supposed to live a life sinless as you best you can. But John said if we say that we have no sin, then we're a liar and the truth's not in us. But we struggle, and when we fall, we get up because that we can look and say, I, my disciples, that's me, you, and those that are out. Then we find in John 15 and 5, he said, we are the branch. He said, I am the vine, and you are the branch, and you grow up from that branch, and from that branch, you produce fruit. Well, and he said, by us being a branch, what did he say in verse 5? He said, you can do nothing without me. How true that is. I can't even breathe without it. I can't do anything. What an opportunity that God has blessed us with these talents that we have. But he said, if the branch does not produce fruit, it needs to be pruned. It does not to produce fruit then it needs to be put into the fire, taken away from the vine. Just look how fortunate. You are the branches of the vine. You're the offspring of David. David is the offspring of Jesus. What an opportunity that God, ye are the vine. And a vine produces fruit. What is your fruit? There's seven of them in the Bible. Can you quote them in Ephesians? Love, long-suffering, peace, joy, meekness. What an opportunity that God has given us. These things are great for us. These better than any people. I was, uh, I kid a whole lot. And I told tell everybody that the doctor gave me a pill that I could take. And it makes Louisa go away for four hours when I take. But we we know the situation and, and the greatness of God. We don't need any of that when God dwells within our heart. Can you realize and think when you hit that he said in Ephesians that all joy is possible? What does it need to make take you happy? Million dollars if you had it. You want two million. There's a lot about contentment. Paul said, I'm content in every which stage that I am. 
I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have promised unto him. What an opportunity that God has given you. Not only we're his disciples, he said we are the branch. Then we uh, find in uh, John uh, uh, there, uh, 15 and verse 14, he said, Ye are my friends. Then he goes on to say in the gospel, he said, No greater love than a man hath than he laid down his life for his friend. I, I'm not much in statistics, but I won't, want to share this with you. Talking about friends, the uh, numbers that are crunched on friends. The society said that in a lifetime that you would only have three friends. The prodigal son thought he had lots of them till his money ran out. A friend is one who'll stick with you through thick and thin, regardless of what happens in your life. They, he or her is there. A friend is a jewel. It's a pearl. It's a gem. And it's a privilege for somebody to call you a friend. For Jesus said, ye are my friend. Our friends love one another. By being his friends, we're the goat to tell the world the good news. Jesus is alive. He's well, and he lives, and he's coming back to get the church. And the church is going up. What an opportunity. Hang on, I got two more things I want to mention to you. We find in the scripture, in the book of Acts, verse 11... And 26, God said uh, in the writing uh, to Luke, uh, uh, he, he uh, uh, describes this to us. Uh, he said, at Antioch, at the church, that they were called Christians. What is a Christian? A Christian means Christ-like in Hebrew. You used to see a lot of times people with wristbands or necklace. WWD. What will you do with Jesus? Did I say that right? Did I get the initials right? Young people? All right. I know this. I was missing something. But the wristband that they wore to represent what that we would do without Jesus. We are God's children. We represent Him. And all the Master is only thought of and respected as good as his servant. What are you talking about? How many times have you heard people say, well, if he's a preacher, the woods is full of If he or she is a Christian, anybody could be one. I don't want no part of them. How many times have you heard people make excuses about one another because their name is Christian? Hey! Christians are not perfect, but God is. He's forgiving, and people can't forgive you. When I was lost, I thought the church uh, was full of hypocrites. Uh, but I believe when God saved me, he saved them in the church because I looked at them different. They weren't hypocrites no more. They was friends. They were Christians. They were the 
There was the salt of the world. They was the light of the world. And they were the brains. They were Christ. James 2 and 5 in closing tonight. Jesus describes his people as being rich in faith. Church, how many? Let's see. As the other day I figured up in 45 years I've done 427 funerals. And all that time I have never seen a U-Haul following a hearse to the cemetery. Job said a man is born into this world with nothing and die taking nothing with him. And a man's day is few and full of sorrow. What did I almost go to somebody else? What did you, they drive up in the Cadillac or Mercedes or Lexus at the uh, cemetery? Somebody else will drive it away. It'll belong to somebody else. And what I'm saying, these material things will rust, raw, corruption, things will happen to them. They will decay. But the only thing on life that's what's in your soul, that's the how that you have treated God through His Son, Jesus. That's the opportunity. We're rich in faith. Faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Oh, I, I, there's always evidence when God's around, isn't there? You know that He's around. Doctor says, I can't explain what happened. X-ray showed the other day that it's there, but now it's gone. Miracles. Faith. We're walking by faith, and without faith you cannot please God. We're walking by faith is a new faith that the journey will end inside. I can't see it now, but my journey will end inside. Faith will get you there. Now listen, church, when things go wrong in your life, Jesus said, a grain of a mustard seed, if you have that faith, it can remove a mountain. That faith never leaves you alone. That faith never wears out. It never grows old. It lasts eternity. You've got to have that faith. If not, Satan will keep you. That's his job, to take you right to the gate. Of heaven. For the books to be open. John said I saw the dead. The small and the great stand before the great judgment throne. The books were open. And their names not found written. And the books was cast out. Into the lake of fire. Which is the second death. Hey. I don't mind the first death. But the second death I do. Blessed he is he that believeth. In the first resurrection. Or he won't see the second day. We're going to die physically. And we're going to heaven. I'm a Baptist. And I believe that. But the Bible says that we go to a place called paradise and rest to the coming of Christ. Then we all 
but together be caught up with him, and those that remain shall be changed. That's what the Scripture says. But us old Baptists preach that they doesn't go on to heaven, and the reason I do, everywhere Christ is at, that's heaven. He's there with his people. What an opportunity. Louis, where you at? You hiding from me? Come on back up here, honey. I told them this morning, if you didn't like my sermon, jump on her. She's one of those. <laughs> Bring your book. I want you to sing a heaven song. Glory will descend it. And now I want these fellas to play for them. We want fellowship with one another. And I want to thank you again for the opportunity of being in God's house. God calls you the salt of this earth. You're special. There's only one of you. He calls you the light of the world. He calls you his disciples. He calls you a branch from the vine. He calls you a friend. He calls you a Christian. And he says that you're one of the most blessed people because you're rich in faith. Somebody said, now listen, young people. You don't understand this. When I went to work for the state of North Carolina, I got a big raise. I was making $2.15 an hour. And before I went, I was making less than $2 an hour. House payment? We didn't own but one vehicle. Be here. Three children. Let me tell you something, church. In those years, Louisville was 18, and I was 20. She's always, I never could do math. She's always two years older than me. But we realize and understand that I, and I thank God for this, I'm not bragging on myself, I'm bragging on God. Everything that we got, we had to get on credit. But down through all the years, they never knocked on the door and said, you're late on the payment, or we come to get your goods for non-payment. That's how that God blessed us. I could tell you story of story of what that we was needed in there. I was a pastor in the church one time that never paid me a dime. Not even my gas money. But when time come, I preached that morning. And when I got ready to leave, they took an offering up for me. I like to pass that. Because <laughs> we didn't have no money we'd spend. But when I got the money, and you may not think this is much, but it was twelve dollars and forty-five cents. That's what I needed to buy the kids, the three children, their lunch at school that week. It was down to the penny. You talk about a fellow shouting, "Woohoo!" <laughs> didn't know what we was going to do. Are you ready?
Let us stand. You help her sing on this song. Let me say again, I appreciate you. I love you. I thank you for that. You are rich in faith. God blesses His children. He said His children will not beg for bread. Isn't that what? I can tell you I'm nothing. And I will be telling the truth. That's me, nothing. I can say I am worthless. A hopeless sinner. That's true. But that's just part of (laughs) the story. I haven't told everything. I was lost, reborn, and raised a child of the King. I am a royal descendant of the king from Jerusalem. I'm a part of the bloodline of David. That's who I am. And I claim kinship to Isaac, to Jacob, and to Abraham, I'm a royal descendant of a king from Jerusalem. Oh, I like this part. How in this world can I stand? <laughs> And say such a thing. I could tell you tonight. To say that I'm royal and claim that my father's a king. I'll have to take you you to an altar where it happened. Many years ago, I met this king. I was washed in his blood. That's all I know. I am a royal descendant of a king from Jerusalem. I'm a part of the bloodline of David. That's who I am. And I claim kinship to Isaac, to Jacob, and to Abraham. I'm a royal descendant. Of the king from Jerusalem.